This is an ABC podcast. So, Norman, you know how there's those games that you play where it's like, who are five people at your dream dinner party? You know, that sort of game. Yeah. Well, I met one of mine last weekend. Oh, who? The creator of Hamilton, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh, you actually met him? Well, sort of. I was in the front row of a press conference where I just sort of gazed lovingly at him. I don't think I actually asked any questions. <laughs> so it was a little bit vicarious, but it's close. It's close. Let's just say I was in the room where it happened. Excellent. Excellent. I'm really, I'm really impressed and jealous. Now I just need to meet Tina Fey and Marie Curie and I'll be happy. Yeah, Tina Fey's possible. Marie Curie might be a challenge. Look, science has its ways. Don't give up. It does, which is our motto for CoronaCast. <laughs> Indeed it is. Uh, let's get on with CoronaCast, a show all about the coronavirus, sometimes other infectious thingies as well. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor on Jagera and Turrbal land. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan on Gadigal land. It's Wednesday, March the 8th, 2023. And one of the ways to sort of measure the impact of the pandemic, it's come up again and again, we've talked about it a lot on this show, Norman, is this idea of excess deaths. So, of course... In any given year, people will die. We know that. But we have a good idea of how many people we can expect to die in a given year based on previous data. And when that number ticks up, then there's maybe something underneath it. Of course, the pandemic's underneath it. The numbers have ticked up. And it's not just in Australia, but globally as well. Yes. And indeed, some months ago, or maybe it even was years ago, when the federal government was trying to de-emphasise COVID-19, they said the measure that you would want to look at is excess deaths. But we've heard very little from the Commonwealth or indeed the states on excess deaths, although there was a statement from Mark Butler a few weeks ago almost apologising for the fact that we had ignored the fact that there were excess deaths during the peak over Christmas. But it is important. So these data, these data come from the Actuaries Institute. Now, actuaries make their living doing this kind of analysis and the economies of insurance companies depend on it. So they, they have skin in the game in terms of making such predictions and it's a very detailed set of analyses. So good to go through it, the, the headline figure that people might have seen in the papers was 20,000 excess deaths. But in fact that's an estimate from the Institute because they only had data up to November. And so up to November, the solid data that they had was that there were 17,900 excess deaths compared to an imaginary situation where there had been no pandemic. And that's 11% more than expected. Given that there was a surge of COVID over December through to Christmas, they believe that'll go up to a 12% excess death rate amounting to 20,000 deaths. So that's 11% more deaths than were expected to happen last year. It's 11%, just to be precise, it's 11% more than if the pandemic had not happened. In other words, from the measures they had pre-pandemic, um, and this is a bit of a difference from the way they measure it compared to others, but they're measuring it pre-pandemic. So if you compare it to pre-pandemic, this is an excess, that's right. Okay, so that's more than they were expecting. But COVID, the virus, isn't the only thing in the mix here? No, it's not. And they do go through those issues. One is that during the three years of the pandemic, Australia has aged. The number of people who might be classified as elderly has gone up. And therefore, uh, that's why you've got excess deaths. Well, in fact, that's not the case because pre-pandemic, what's called the standardised death rates or age standardised death rates, in other words, chances of dying 
standardised by your age was actually going down or stable. So in other words, a 75-year-old historically had pre-pandemic a much lower chance of dying than a 75-year-old a few years before. So that doesn't fit with the explanation. People aren't just dying from COVID, though, during this time. So there's people who are dying from COVID. There's people who are dying of other things that maybe have been influenced by some of the things around the fact that we were in a pandemic, but not sort of necessarily from the virus itself. That's right. So they do deal with that. So they they classify deaths from COVID and deaths from COVID explain 52% of the excess deaths. Then there's deaths with COVID and they follow the same time pattern as people who died from COVID. And the assumption here is that on the death certificate, the doctor was saying COVID made a significant contribution to that person's death. But when you actually remove from COVID and with COVID as as the relationship with death, there were still 33% of certificates which made no mention of COVID. So 33% of the rise had no mention of COVID whatsoever. So we're talking still about excess deaths specifically. So there's 33% of the extra deaths that we wouldn't have expected based on our numbers weren't to do with COVID. Well, we're not on the death certificate ascribed to COVID. Um, If somebody dies a year after COVID, the doctor's not going to put COVID necessarily on the certificate because what's in the front of mind for the doctor is the immediate cause of death and might not think that it's got anything to do with COVID. And the other issue is that death certificates aren't quite as accurate as you think, and there is a problem with death certification in general. So then they looked at, well, since non-COVID deaths, so non-COVID-related excess deaths are so prominent in the figures, what could explain them? So one is post-COVID effects. So in other words, we know that COVID increases the chances of coronary heart disease um, and other problems. And they think chances of this are high, that it's post-COVID effects. And this goes with the pattern of these deaths, because the pattern of these deaths also kind of mirror the COVID pandemic itself. Delays in emergency care could cause some of the uh, problems. In other words, during a surge of COVID, emergency departments could be clogged with people with COVID. And if you've got another condition going on, like a chest pain or an incipient stroke, you might not be seen in time and therefore you might die prematurely. They think that has a high chance of being a contributor to it. There are other reasons that people ascribe to this. One is called displaced mortality. Are we seeing a catch-up in people dying who might have died otherwise? They think that's possible, but not not a high chance. Hang on. That That's a really curious concept. Can you unpack that a bit? Well, this is a curious concept without an awful lot of science to it, but it's the idea that your time has come. You might have died of influenza. You didn't get influenza in the first year of the pandemic, but you die of something else later because you're you know, you're old and frail. Right. So vulnerable people wrapped in cotton wool in the early phases of the pandemic in Australia. Yes. Right. Interesting. And they don't think this explains it. And one of the things I haven't told you is that when you look at these, this excess mortality, sure, it becomes commoner the older than you are, that you are, but it actually has occurred in younger age groups as well. And it's affected women more than men, according to the Institute. So we had an interview quite early in the pandemic, way back in, I'm pretty sure it was 2020, about cancer screening and people not coming along to have routine cancer screening that they would have. And the concern that perhaps that pushes people who might be in the early phases of cancer that would be picked up by routine screening, perhaps missing that, perhaps coming into the health system when they were more progressed. Could that be part of it? 
So it's a good question, Tegan, because that was a serious issue. And there have been data that people have, have been diagnosed at a later stage with their cancer, largely through not getting screening, not necessarily seeing their GP face-to-face and so on. The cancer cases have risen by 2% in terms of attribution to excess deaths. So it's not as big as heart disease and other conditions like diabetes and stroke. However, it may just be a delayed phenomenon here because we're good at treating cancer even at late stage of diagnosis. So it may be that the prognosis of uh, such people is trimmed, but you won't see that effect in the death certificate for another maybe five, ten years. It's pretty tricky to talk about this without sounding very callous, but getting a good picture of what's happening at a population level really helps us help individuals when they come into the healthcare system. What about other issues that people have raised, like... uh, there was a lot of concern about vaccines causing illness. So the number of vaccine deaths have been very small. So this is, this is not a significant contributor, according to the uh, Institute. Pandemic-related lifestyle issues, in other words, we all got on to drinking the gronies and eating crap food. They don't blame that. <laughs> Stop spying on me, Norman. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, you know, people in glass houses. Um, and mental health issues that, again, this is a delayed phenomenon. You might see mental health issues rising, and you have seen them rising over the last year or so. So this might be significant in the future, but they're not showing up yet in the deaths. Now, what also contributes to the strength of these findings is Australia is not alone. If you look around the world, many, many countries, particularly when they're looking, they use databases from life insurance. Remember what I said at the beginning, that actuaries deal with insurance companies often and talk about risk. There have been rises in many countries, particularly the United States. So we are not alone here. So to tie this all in a neat bow, the upshot is that, yes, there have been excess deaths. Yes, in big part, they're due to either the pandemic directly or indirectly. So what do we do with this information? Control of outbreaks and surges needs to be carefully managed. We can't assume that this is benign and that people who come down with COVID are going to have near-term and long-term effects. And we are seeing reverses in life expectancy in some countries. I don't think we've seen that yet in Australia, but we may well see it down the track. So this is a huge public health issue. How do we control it? Do we get better vaccines that are going to be sterilising vaccines that stop infection? That seems unlikely at the moment. Maybe a nasal vaccine will do that. But people who are at risk protecting themselves with N95 masks, better ventilation. We just, as a nation, got to think much harder about how we slow this stuff down. Mm. So less of a call to action at an individual level and very much a call to action at the, at the country level. It's not over. And 17,900 Australians, probably 20,000 Australians, died and it was avoidable in 2022. That is a very large number of people. Yeah, every single one of those statistics represents a human being. Yes. And whilst every human being is equal and... Some people like to say, well, what does it matter if a 75-year-old dies? Well, just try and being 75. Um, It matters a lot. But if if age matters to you, then young people are dying too. Mm. Well, that is all we've got time for today. We'll see you again next Wednesday. See you then.